Welcome to Soccer Talk, a podcast about soccer, mostly in Iowa, presented by Kick It Forward. Kick It Forward is a positive disruptor to the Iowa soccer community. Thanks to our sponsors, Scott Insurance Services and Michael Keener, Attorney at Law. You need legal help? You need insurance help? Those are the two to contact. That's right. Welcome to the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Iowa soccer supporters. Welcome to Soccer Talk. I'm Ben Brackett here with my good buddy and co-host, Blake Sievers. Sieves. Hello, Ben. How are you, man? I'm good. We're kind of, uh, we're doing a little first time thing right now, right? In-person intro, but uh, I think we've done this before. Main part. Oh, you're right. We we haven't mixed them up, have we? Well, we're getting right. We're, you know, we're in the studio getting ready for the big futsal battle this weekend, which I'm pretty pumped about. Yes, I think if anybody's listening, come down to Birdland. It's going to be absolutely gorgeous uh, this weekend. And, and we're going to bring back the weather report. I haven't seen one of those in a while, so I'm pretty excited about that. Meteorologist has been studying his charts. Yeah, and I mean, he's got a pretty, uh, he's going to be everybody's best friend on the weekend when he gives that report when it's absolutely. 55 and sunny. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to bring uh, shorts and a t-shirt. Well, I said, we, um, you won't need the scarf that's in the swag bag for our supporters. So there's our little plug that if you want to support us, join the supporters club. We've got some scarves, stickers, magnets, coasters, yeah, pint we, glass. We've been out there doing delivery runs around town uh, if you're local, which has been uh, fun. Um, and, you know, this weekend, if you're, uh, you're certainly not going to use your scarf, maybe uh, it'll be nice enough to sit on a patio and pour something in that pint glass. And use the coaster so you don't get any... Uh, condensation there on the table right i love it so um what's up today who are we talking to well we've got uh, kind of continuing our um stoking the fire while it's hot i suppose the cdl iso soccer isl we've stoked the fire so much we brought the good weather with us right that's right i love it (laughs) so um this will be our third installment of the youth soccer discussion um we're going to chat with um kurt lewis of, of i mean wears a few hats but he's a part of the ISL through um, Prairie City Soccer Club. Is that right? No, what's it called? Prairie Soccer Club. Okay, well, Cedar Rapids. Area. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's also the president of the Iowa High School Soccer Coaches Association, as he's the head coach at Cedar Rapids Prairie High School, Kyle Burroughs. Oh, that's right. Shout out to Burroughs. Um, and then he also is a ODP coach for uh, for the state association. Yeah, so – He's looking at this from uh, all sorts of different angles, which is interesting. He also has a son who, um, what would he be? He graduated a couple of years back. He uh, would be a sophomore in college now, uh, came through the ODP program, um, played for, uh, for Kurt growing up, but then eventually uh, traveled uh, to play for Sporting Iowa so, uh, and VSA, I believe. So um, a super interesting perspective. So you've got somebody who represents an ISL club, but sent his kid to go play for a C, you know, ultimately what now a CDL club. Um, and so it's just kind of that, that discussion around what's the best thing to do. All right, Kurt Lewis, what's up? Welcome to the pod. How are you? Thank you. Thanks for inviting me. It's nice to see your face. It's been a while. Gosh, has it been, uh, well, it certainly hasn't been since, uh, was it the high school? It was the high school convention. Symposium last year, yeah, the last thing that yeah. we had before COVID shut everything down. Yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, we enjoyed that. Uh, gosh, that seems like a long time ago, though. It has. We actually, we're not even having it this year because of trying to get facilities, and we didn't want to go the virtual route this year. So I think we'll probably do something later in the summer, early in the fall, uh, to try to tie back in and, and get some education for our high school coaches. Very cool. Well, since I know you're an avid uh, soccer talk listener, I'm going to just turn it over to Blake and let you rock. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how many episodes you've listened to, Kurt. Uh, so we asked the same question to start every podcast. And I guess first, we'll see if you're honest. Or not. Do you know what the question is? Have I watched your podcast before? I have. There you Aaron go. No, no, it. actually, it's not. It was a uh, Sorry, it's uh, have you ever been on a podcast? As I have a, not. This is yes. my first podcast. This is okay. my first. So one. you can you Welcome. can go ahead and uh, and promote the uh, the Aaron Leventhal podcast. Did you like that one? Yes, and like I said, for for me, you guys have been great to the high school association as sponsors. So 
I've followed a bunch of your guys' podcast, especially when you have Holmes on. Uh, always interesting to listen to Sean talk. Um, and then obviously with the the, seat, the topic that we're going to talk about tonight, uh, listen to Matt Carver's. Uh, Aaron Leventhal uh, was a teammate of mine in club uh, and a high school rival. Uh, oh, he was in Riverdale. I was a Valley guy. Uh, so, um, yeah. Uh, so listening to Aaron talk about some of his stories brought back some some memories of, of growing up in, in the Des Moines area. That's super cool. I, I would just like to know what you think uh, Sean would say if he knew that Sam Holmes was the third most listened to podcast of Soccer Talk and Sean is languishing. <laughs> He'd probably <laughs> chuckle a little bit in some conspiracy. <laughs> He'd certainly be proud. He's certainly proud of his son, but I wonder what he right. thinks about his right. position. He's probably figured somebody's there rigging it. <laughs> Well, we'll see. I, I'm guessing he's probably not listening to this one, but maybe if you're the, since you're the, uh, the guest, you will. Um, so, so why don't you uh, uh, just, you know, usually we, we start out and just talk a little bit about like whoever the guest is, doesn't matter what we're talking about, give us your origin story. Um, you know, and since we have a lot to talk about, um, I, I think I would be, you know, kind of more interested in your coaching, um, even though we are both Valley Tigers together. Right, right. Uh, I was give there. Us, uh, give us sort of the rundown. Broke in Aziz's first year. So Aziz's first year was my senior year. So That's um, amazing. Uh, but no, grew up in, in Clive, Iowa. Uh, graduated from West Des Moines Valley. Um, you know, played for uh, a wrestling coach for my three years, first three years of varsity soccer. And then... Uh, <laughs> Aziz stumbled in from Southeast Polk and took the Valley gig and, and he's been there forever. He's a real good, real good friend of mine, a good mentor. Um, you know, a funny story on the short time I was there with Aziz, uh, both his boys were named after German soccer players. Um, and I told him, you know, if I ever have kids, I'll name my first son after a German soccer player. Um, and we had oh. our first son named him Mateus. So that's kind of a correlation between uh, Aziz and I, but you know, we talk on a regular basis. Uh, during the season leading up to the oh, high school wait, season. Hold, hold on. So who are Aziz's kids named after? Who's all like, I, I know all nine Andreas. I coached all them. I know Andreas well. Yeah. So were those are the Andreas who, Iniesta? Probably uh, not. No, so who? No, German. So Andreas. <laughs> German, uh, then. Yeah, uh, Germany. See, see, so, see. Uh, it is, it, like I said, he was, his first year, uh, his wife, Annette, and I forget it which one, but there's in a stroller. She had every game in a stroller. Um, you know, they're just excited to, I mean, that's Andres. Where Andres is the older one. I believe so. I believe so. Yeah. You, you know, so, uh, but yeah, so it was just kind of a unique thing that we said that if I was fortunate to ever have kids and a, and a son and, you know, we would name him and see if it was, became a soccer player or not. And, um, you know, we're, we're fortunate that my kids are hanging around a lot at the soccer field. So they've grown up on the soccer field and, they both have an interest that their dad has, and, and we have a, a good relationship there. Right, uh, well, I've got my first question for Aziz, and when he comes on the pod, I know it, I know where I'm going straight straight at him. <laughs> That's right. We're always we're always one of his favorites. You know, you're one of the top five players ever, so he always has his you know. But he, like I said, he's been great, a great mentor for him. Uh, from there, um, I went to Grandview College for for a semester. Um, my mom had passed away of cancer, had developed cancer my senior year in high school. So I decided to stay, stay local. Uh, and at that time, uh, Grandview was a much better program than Drake. Um, they had, you know, an outstanding program with Coach Reed. And Coach Reed at that time was a Dowling High School coach. So uh, did a lot of recruiting in the metro area at that time. Uh, after that, you know, just decided to transfer again. Uh, because I, you know, just wasn't where I needed to be, and, and ended up transferring to Drake, um, and was there for for a year, and just needed to get out of Des Moines, um, and then ended up, you know, Aziz ended up helping me uh, going through the recruiting process again, and ended up at Mount Saint Clair College in, in Clinton, Iowa, and it was a brand new NAIA school with a ton of money, uh, so um, the the scholarship was very nice, uh, was able to come out with with no debt. Um, and was able to, to start a program from scratch uh, and, and was there for, for three years. Uh, graduated from there. Uh, in, in the meantime, uh, when I was coming through it, I, I did some coaching with West Des Moines Soccer Club. Uh, our director of coaching at that time was, was Tadio Kinkalis, was the first real paid director that West Des Moines had had. 
so that kind of got the, the itch into coaching um, and then had networked with, at that time, uh, Matt Kennedy was with Iowa United at that time and had invited me to uh, do some ODP coaching with him, uh, went through my licensing work uh, at that point in time. Uh, and then when I was out at, uh, after I graduated at Mount St. Clair, uh, in the meantime, I uh, picked up a high school job at Clinton Prince of Peace, which is a small private uh, Catholic school there. Uh, so I got my first hands of coaching there. Um, we had girls on our boys team. Uh, after a couple of years, uh, I ended up starting a, a girls program there at Prince of Peace as well. In that time frame, uh, took the quick pathway and became the, the head women's coach at Mount St. Clair at uh, 24, uh, and then was the head women's coach there for three years and the head men's coach there for, for a year. And then I left and, and became the head men's coach at Cornell College in Mount Vernon, Iowa for four years. Uh, and then when we moved out to this area, got in with Heartland Soccer Club, um, and then got in, so still involved with some ODP work, uh, Cedar Rapids Prairie High School coach since, uh, how, what is it here, since 2004, I've been at Cedar Rapids Prairie, um, and then in 2007, uh, Prairie Soccer Club was kind of started, but then I came in as their director at, in 2007, so I've been at, at PSC since 2007, and then got back into ODP again the last uh, three years, uh, and then the president of the Iowa High School Soccer Coach Association the last three years. Busy guy. Yes. <laughs> and is soccer your, I mean, your full-time job? It is. Uh, you know, with being the director in the high school, uh, it, it keeps me busy. Uh, it, it gives me the flexibility to, during the day to be able to go to school if I need to, if, if you know, when Mateus was in school or now Gavin in school, I can go and, and, and be there and, and go to events and all that kind of stuff. So it fits, it fits us well. Uh, my wife's in sales, so she travels a lot. Uh, so it, it, it's a, it's a, it's a great relationship. Uh, it allows me to do, uh, what I love and, uh, you know, she gets to do, uh, you know, what she likes to do. Great. Uh, Steve, do you want to take it? I know you've yeah, got so, questions um, lined up. He, he, well, was, all, he's got laughing. he just got his, his notes. And all, the other research. thing is, uh, when I played, I did not play left back. <laughs> ah. All so right, and quick and and end the podcast. Yeah. So <laughs> just to show that I do watch the podcast. I, I, You've you know, never I, played left back or you don't? No, play I played uh, a forward play right back? And, and, and center back. Center back, I was fast growing up. So I played forward and I played center back. Fair enough. Down the spine of the team, he was just a little better than, uh, than we were, Ben. <laughs> More speed, point. less skill for me. It was a ton of speed, less skill. So good finish. I played forward in high school and, and center back in club. I'm a little so did you ever so. really quick, did you ever coach for Iowa United? Uh, I did not. I interviewed um, with Frank Gernick. He was one of the guys that I did uh, uh, ODP with as an assistant coach. And when I graduated uh, from Mount St. Clair, before I was going to stay out there, I came back. I was thinking I wanted to come back to Des Moines. Uh, he brought me back in for an interview, interviewed. Um, but I lost out uh, my position to a volunteer in Bill Keppen. Oh. So free Fair versus play. paid there. So uh, <laughs> I stayed well, out I on the my, eastern part of the state. I wore my Iowa United tonight for uh, Carver because I, I want to see if he's actually if he's following. That so was if, if he is, he's gonna hopefully he'll uh, he'll like this and I hope he doesn't take the logo. What's What's funny <laughs> about that is growing up during that time all the clubs were community-based. And so it was a big deal when a Valley guy left to go play for Iowa United. You know, it was like, whoa, you, why would you are do you, that? Are you giving me a hard time in specific nope, right nope. now? I'm saying early on, that was a big deal that if you left West Des Moines, uh, it was well, either because you couldn't make it at West deal. Des Moines. That was like a massive deal in my soccer career. For Honestly, like when I was 11, I played West Des Moines from five to when it was select time. And I thought Iowa United had like, had, I liked their coaches. It seemed like they were coaching more technical stuff. So I switched clubs and it was like, like I got like, like I, oh, I felt like I was like the biggest outsider at school. It was, it was really weird. But then, so we like, 
we lost every single game when I was U11. We got crushed. We were terrible. And then we got some other good players like Blake came when we were U12. And then U14 seems best year ever, right? So I could tell you yeah, that. So state cup, we, I, we won state cup, Kurt. We beat the bet. We beat West Des Moines. We pumped us. Like so when, we, when I graduated in 92 and I went to Grandview in the fall, I withdrew a couple weeks into the season. Like I said, after my mom passed away. So I still had eligibility or I was still young enough to play club soccer. At that time, it was U12, U14, U16, U19. It wasn't this every single sure. year to win a state title type of thing they have now. Uh, so I went back and at that point in time, uh, they had made a push for me to go to Iowa United and I was, they were the better team at that age group at that time. Cause they're a bunch of, of younger guys, uh, a lot of Roosevelt guys. Uh, it was a big rivalry at that point in time, Valley, Roosevelt, Valley, Urbandale, Urbandale, Roosevelt. Um, and I was going to go to Iowa United and I took so much slack from current players, parents, and that, that how dare you leave. So I ended up playing state cup uh, for West Des Moines soccer club. Uh, we lost our last state cup. Iowa United won it that year um, and everything. But it was a big deal that if you left West Des Moines Soccer Club to go to any other, you know, to a point that when Aaron was talking about the year, you know, he played for Urbandale. Uh, the Urbandale guys wouldn't come to West Des Moines. You know, we couldn't do anything together. So they put us under Greater Des Moines Soccer League one year just to get all the best players from Dowling. Valley, Urbandale, Roosevelt on a team. So one club couldn't take credit for the state cup, but Greater Des Moines Soccer Club took credit for, uh, you know, Genesis winning state cup. And then after that, we're just like, no, you guys got to come back to West Des Moines. So everybody then came to West Des Moines the, the last year and it was West Des Moines Genesis that won state cup again. So it's, it's funny how that stuff goes, uh, kind of ties into, you know, where we're at obviously today because things kind of don't change over time. Uh, but yeah, it was a big deal that if, if you lived in, in the West Des Moines School District, you did not leave West Des Moines Soccer Club. We might have to do a history lesson on that sometime because it's funny to think about how, like when we're telling these stories, how much they sort of ring true to today. So, the, Blake, what is one of our favorite things on Soccer Talk? Well, uh, first, we like firsts, but it's not a first. It's, we love segues. Segway yeah. is one of the things we love. And <laughs> so that brings us to today's conversation about the ISL and the CDL. And, um, obviously, Blake's been paying attention to the conversation. So, um, do so we, I assume you've listened to our, um, our, our chats, at least maybe about this, and, and maybe you've heard the Carver conversation. Yep. Um, we're going to have a, you're, you'll have missed our, our chat with Sehag that is, is coming out tomorrow morning. Um, but I, it, I think it's just, it's really interesting to hear your perspective because of, um, I guess, you, you know, you've got a son that has, is now his college age has played club soccer for, you know, what, however many years that in, ends up being, you know, 10 plus 15 years or so. Uh, he, he was successful in, in high school, successful in club, uh, played ODP. You're also an ODP coach. You've coached in the, in the, the system you played in the system and you're talking about playing for valley in the in the 90s right yep, yep. yeah dated um, me here so yeah no, well i didn't want to say 80s so <laughs> no. um <laughs> uh but yeah so i mean i think we just thought it would be really interesting to have you come on and talk a little bit about um your personal perspective and then just kind of um like as a rep of the isl um you know kind of what are the, the things that you're, you're, you're keying in on with this decision? What would you like to see happen? I mean, obviously those are like, it's like a thousand questions. So like, why don't you just start and talk a little bit about, um, about what kind of what's been going on. And I think Blake, Blake, jump in, please. Cause I know you've got yeah, to say, Kurt, maybe, listed. maybe Kurt, maybe just start with talking about how you just, your reaction um, when you heard about, you know, come last summer, late spring, just when you found out about kind of the formation of the CDL and whatnot, kind of just start there on what your reaction overall was and, um, and then kind of how it, where we're at today. So we found out, um, you know, obviously with COVID going on last year, uh, with tryouts, you know, we couldn't do normal tryouts. It was the, you know, you had to fill out the, the intent and then you had to do the invite. So we were on some zoom calls as a state, uh, deciding on how that 
process was going to go and, and, and everybody had their own kind of ideas. Um, you know, the, there, there's an advisory committee in Iowa soccer association that, you know, tries to, you know, do what's best for the game, um, promote it, uh, and everything. And so this was one of the things that they had proposed that for this intent to invite, uh, policy and, and the state kind of, uh, went against it and said that, you know, you're going to have to do the, the whole fill out the intent, do the invite. You just can't do a one shot deal. Uh, you got to give kids the opportunity through COVID to, um, look at the response, you know, possibilities of where they can play. Uh, can they afford to play at a club and that type of stuff? And they had pushed that, you know, try to have $0 registration fees for tryouts. So kids could have the ability to, to look, obviously some clubs don't like that process because they want to try to lock in their kids right away. And, and, and I understand it because that's the business model, you know, as much as we say it's youth sports and, and development, youth sports is also a business. And, and you need kids, you need kids to pay their fees to pay your coaching staff and, and facilities. So that kind of started the first part of it because they, they didn't really get their way because they just wanted to lock down kids basically right away. They didn't want their current players to have the ability to go, go try out. And then right before uh, it was, it would have been invite day. I think it was a couple of days before that. All of a sudden there was this mass marketing campaign of the new CDL league. Uh, and we had had a, a call, I think it was either the day before or the day of, and the big thing was the, the CDL being a sanctioned league. And all that means is a pathway to the Iowa Soccer Championship Series. Um, right now, all the pathways are Iowa Soccer League, the MRL National Division are your, your pathways to, to be eligible to participate in Iowa Championship Series. Uh, they wanted their new league they had formed uh, to be a pathway. And that's where I think um, the smaller clubs, and we call them the non, the non-CDL clubs, it was kind of amazing how quick they all came together to, to, to voice their displeasure with the idea because, you know, there's another league in, in Iowa, Illinois called the Illawa League, and they're not a sanctioned league in the Iowa Championship Series. So everybody knows that if you want to go into Iowa Championship Series, you need to play in the minimal ISL games, and, and that was – you know, that's the, the pathway. So I think that's what irked everybody off at first is that these guys organized the CDL and then mandates a strong word, but basically tried to to bully their way into having their league be sanctioned uh, to go to, to, to state cup. Um, and, and there was some obviously some resistance to, to that because, you know, everybody else should play by the rules and then you start hearing a bunch of, well, we'll just form our own league and do this. And, you know, they have to sanction if they sanction CDL and everything. And, you know, it got to become kind of, you know, crazy talk in that aspect of it. Uh, but bottom line was, you know, and I talk about this advisory committee, um, the advisory committee, I think, is every DOC that's in the CDL. So I don't think they're necessarily serving the best interest of the, the state of Iowa as their committee. Uh, they were, you know, serving the best interest of, of their their group. Uh, and I think that upset the other non CDL teams too, is that, you know, nine members of this committee or maybe it was seven of the nine around the committee formed this league. I don't have a problem with the league. I think, you know, if you want to try to do something better, if it's a model, um, that's fine. Uh, but ISA has some rules. Uh, ISL has some regulations, Iowa championship series, and we just got to follow those. We can't, you know, change it just for a few people. So I think that's, that's, where it really got started and then just went downhill from there because I think that, uh, you know, you've never been told no before. And as of today, you've been told no three times from Iowa Soccer Association. Yeah, certainly the pandemic is just in the sense that like in-person gatherings and stuff like that and meeting, meeting as a group has been discouraged. That must make it even a little more difficult because you know, some of these relationships, um, I mean, they're long-standing. Like, I think there's a lot of politics probably involved in this that uh, the the average parent or player is not even really considering. Well, I mean, the thing for me has always been, you know, we I think we have a, a duty to be as transparent with our, our parents, our paid customers, if you're charging for fees uh, and whatnot to your club. And 
you know, when we were at that point uh, in that first initial meeting, you know, right before it would have been invite day, you know, when the group from CDL was potentially threatening to pull all their club teams out of ISL and, and go U.S. club soccer route with COVID and everything and knowing how you're doing the whole intent to invite, you know, if I would have accepted my bid at, at one of those clubs and knowing that because I went to U.S. club soccer and left Iowa Soccer Association and didn't play in the, in the Iowa Soccer League, that I was now ineligible for Iowa Championship Series play, you know, I think that parents should have been able, if that was the, the, the pathway, should have been able to have that information before they make a decision on where they're going to invest their fees for their son or daughter and that type of stuff. And like I said, this was slammed pretty quickly. And maybe they, maybe they did communicate with their families, the direction that they're going, you know, everybody hears different stories. And, and, and I heard some stories because, you know, we lost a couple players um, to one of the CDLTs, but that was because we couldn't form a girls team in the fall. So we told our girls that they need to look at other clubs uh, but they were communicating with, you know, they're, this is what's being done. I was like, nah, that's not really true. That's not, you know, they don't, you know, they're looking for, you know, the, the, the famous phrase that these guys always have is, you know, more competitive games, more meaningful games. Uh, you know, so they've secluded themselves into a group, but, you know, when you look at their fall scores, I mean, just looking at the U13, 14 age group here, you know, you got 12, 0, 8, 1, 8, 1, 6, 2, 8, 2, 6, 0, 6, 0, going on 13 to 3, 12 to 0. CDL, are these CDL yeah. games? CDL versus CDL teams. So if you're trying to make a and higher there's... level league, you're not really having the, the score reflection. And then the other thing is, is manage the game so you don't get to 12 0, you know, um, yeah. and everything. So it's. I don't know about that one. That one, I, I'll, I'll, we can debate that. But. <laughs> Because I feel like if you can win 12-0, then, like, the other team, you shouldn't be playing them. You should prove that it's 12-0. But if you're getting beat 12-0, are you really a CDL caliber? Oh, but so this is my question. This is my question is, so, like, if you're the the first team for whatever, Team A, playing against the – are you playing – in the CDL, if you're playing against, like, the third team from – or are you oh, just those saying, are so like, literally it's the top team against the top team. It's just, like, that's the disparity in some age groups. No, there's there's the spread. I mean, because you've got top teams playing their other teams, third teams. But the problem is, you got sure. some of the clubs' first team losing to second and third teams of, you know, the CDL. So I mean, that is, you know, again, when you talk about more competitive games and and meaningful games, uh, you know, it's 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 you know, I, again, I think the CDL if the, if, is the theory is is right, but they've got to tweak it a little bit because you know you would think that the, if you want more meaningful games you would want, you know, nothing worse than, you know, three goal differential results. And you've got games coming in there that, you know, non-CDL teams could could get either beat by that or be more competitive in some of those those matchups and that. So I don't know why, you know, if you're on the, you know, either the third team or if you're on the opposite of one of the lower first teams and you're getting beat by six goals every single time, how is that necessarily better so when you go back to you know their list of of club standards and individual team standards uh i think that's you know where it had irked some of the other guys like matt carver and, and his club and and some of the other clubs that do have a couple of good teams in their club not top to bottom aren't strong but they have a couple of good teams um at psc r06 boys team is, is very very good at u13s made it to the uh state semifinals of state cup we were the only eastern iowa team in the semifinals um, we ended up losing to met one of the menace teams in the semis. Um, but we didn't get an invite into the CDL as that team, you know, uh, they said that there was different policies that we could do to get in there, but we were never, you know, approached to get that group in there. Um, you know, they've got, like I said, a couple of clubs that they added the last minute that aren't competitive, but they're, they're just trying to, I think at this point in time, hurt ISL. So the, the piece about um you know like certain clubs like not not getting in um do, do you have a, a thought on on like maybe like how that how you'd like to see that go instead because you know like let's also say that like the psc like i don't know say let's say your u18 just like they kind of stink um like obviously you wouldn't want them to go in and get b12 one eight zero seven whatever so 
do you have um, some thoughts? And then don't don't let me forget. I also want to I want to uh, circle back on the old uh, your boy Bill Keppen because I have a question that's not about Bill, but it's something that it relates to him and it's a conversation we have with him. So don't let me forget that. But tell tell us about this this other piece. Like what what kind of do you have a solution? Do you have an idea? Like what? Because I mean, it's easy to say there's a problem because we we agree. Blake, what do you what are you, you going to you look like you want to interrupt me or add to it? No, I think, I mean, I've got a solution for you, but I'm, um, no, we want to hear Kurt's solution. I don't I know. That's, that's why I'm not talking. That's why, that's why I haven't, like, I haven't said anything yet. No, I mean, I know that you guys talked about, you know, way back when, you know, the original IPSL, you know, um, you know, we as a staff here have talked about promotion relegation, you know, starting at U13 and, and, you know, moving teams up so you can try to get as much, you know, competitive matches that, you know, so maybe your U15 is really good and they play U16, U17, you know, as long as they're not, you know, in that goal differential of getting beat 8-0 type of thing. You know, I think, again, you know, as much as, as we as think about like a forfeit rule, like a, like a skunk rule, like, hey, it's 4-0 at halftime, you guys lose, yeah, game's right. over. Just like it's like a pure shame. Yeah, it's the old high school rule that, you know, now it's the 10-0. The well, that was like 10-0, though. That was 10-0. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, you know, I just think that, there's some things that ISL could do, you know, and, and I think the more that we communicate and elaborate, maybe we get to that. And I think right now, I don't think it's going to happen. I think what's happened is you've united the non-CDL clubs and they are very strong, uh, committed to make it work uh, with the potential that the, the nine clubs are going to leave Iowa Soccer Association to, to go to U.S. club soccer. Uh, but I think, you know, when you go through their, their club standards and whatnot, you know, I think there has to be some reflection there, too, of, OK, so we put these nine clubs together. But now that we've had a season, you know, maybe your U19 team or maybe your club in general isn't ready for this. You know, your players just aren't ready for this. You know, maybe your coaches meet all the criteria because they're a license can coach the grassroots level and, and that type of stuff. But your teams aren't competitive, you know, and and, and whatnot. And, you know, there's you know, a lot of, of dialogue amongst the, the, the other non-CDL clubs on, you know, not that every club is, is set up, you know, the way that those guys, I mean, we're, we're a club that pays our coaches at PSC, but we pay like high school coaches. It's not very much money. And that's why we're able to keep our fees low uh, and that type of stuff, because it's, it's more like a part-time part rate if you're a club coach in the morning. Well, and, and, you know, over experience, we don't have a coach coaching five teams. So our coaches are one-to-one -one basis with our team. So there is an identity with their coach compared to, you know, some clubs rotate their coaches on the weekend and training and there's no continuity. And, and I think that, you know, you've got to know, you know, who's going to be on your silent training and, and, and knowing your team and, 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 and that type of stuff. And, you know, so yeah, you know, our coaches don't make a lot of money because we don't, we don't, and that also goes into the ISL CDL argument of, of game scheduling because most of the clubs in the CDL have multiple teams per coach. So that means they got to cover all this stuff. And, you know, with ISL trying to make the schedule and, and one coach having to coach four or five teams, it's hard for them to, to achieve that. And obviously, ISL has changed that to, you know, a max scheduling of two teams per coach to try to make sure that they can make it to all their games and stuff like that. But it's, it's one of those things where if you want to make the money to justify your licensing, you know, you've got to coach multiple teams in the club so they can justify the money that they're, they're paying you. So to make the full-time salary, you're probably going to have to coach four or five teams, you know, so you're working every night, three or four hours a night of training. You're at every games on the weekends and traveling to tournaments and, if the schedule doesn't fit your way and you've got one team in one location and another team in another location, I know how that could be difficult. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, it's their model, you know, and their model doesn't work for everybody. I and think you can't on that, force your model on to everybody. And so just on your question, Ben, I think, I think it's fair to say that it is difficult for a club in Iowa to be strong at nine age groups and then boys and girls, but like, it's, it's difficult to have competitive teams at, you know, 18 competitive teams. If they're the first team 11s through 19s. Right. So 
that's where I think kind of what you're talking about, Kurt, is it may not, you may not have every single team be in the quote, the CDL or whatever, where maybe PSC has one team or three teams and then club B had only has two and then club C may have 13 teams, but it's, I think it's just, I don't know, at least I think it's fair to say it's difficult that uh, in Iowa for one club to have that many competitive teams, but uh, I don't know if my two cents there. So well, and I think from year to year, no matter what, right. Like it doesn't matter who we're talking about or what sport or what age group or what gender for that matter. Like, very rarely do teams like repeat as the best team every year. So like, you know, one year it's going to be Sporting Iowa. The next year it's going to be PSC. The next year it's going to be VSA. The next year it's going to be Rush. Like that's, and then maybe again, it's going to be PSC because, you know, like when you lose after a season, what, like, what does a team do? They go back and they try to, they, they, they should re-examine. They should like sort of, um, you know, galvanize and, and get back to it and they want to win. So like, and it's super easy if you've lost to like get complacent and like. But I can tell right? you because from coaching high school, you know, we always, I'm always curious to see who wins the older state cups in the fall, because that kind of dictates what high schools that they fall into and stuff like that. So last year when we were going through COVID and we were trying to move the high school season to potentially this summer. And then when you moved into the summer, then you got into are you going to be missing players for regionals? Are you going to be missing players for President's Cup regionals and, and that type of stuff? And the, the data that we had last year was from U15 and above on the boys' side, State Cup champs, President's Cup champs. PSC U18 boys was the only team from Eastern Iowa that would have been affected had they gone to regional competition during high school season. All the other age groups were Des Moines-based clubs. You know, so the Des Moines-based high schools were going to lose players during the high school if we had moved it to the summer. So, you know, there's not a lot of parity. And sometimes, you know, it's very rarely do you see, you know, let's say Eastern Iowa win seven of the eight events. You know, uh, the Central Iowa groups, you know, predominantly, you know, on the boys' side are, are, are coming out there. You know, Eastern Iowa occasionally gets their, their one state cup champion and, and that type of stuff. So, you know, it, it it's it's a difficult situation. And then again, ISL does geographical games, CDL does some geographical games, so that really hasn't changed too much, other than the CDL put it at one location so a coach can be there all day. You know, put all their teams there at, at, at one day and everything like that. And and again, sometimes it's hard to do when when you have, you know, one coach coaching four or five teams and that type of stuff. For us, like again at PSC, you know, we're one coach one team ratio, so it doesn't matter if we have five teams in five different locations because we got five coaches going there. You know, we're not ever, Oh, we're going to be short a coach because one coach has to be in Dubuque and another coach has to be in Muscatine and another coach has to be, you know, in Tuma and that type of stuff. But that's just how we organize ours. Uh, we could change our model. We could raise our fees. We could, you know, do a bunch of different things to be competitive in that aspect of it. But that's just one area that we choose not to be competitive with all the other clubs. And that's the, the, the coaching salary aspect of it. We want people that, you know, probably have a full-time job during the day, pays the bills and they have a passion to, you know, share the game with the kids and they're licensed and, but they've done the, the, the minimal license because they haven't invested into the, the C, the B and the A because they just, they aren't going to make a career out of it. So that's a, that's a good little, I think, segue, Ben, to the client versus customer. I think, is that where you were going with for the Bill Kepin? Well, yeah. So you, you mentioned, um, I think the word customers, right? You've got all these customers. And you also mentioned you listen to the pod. And you also mentioned that you're uh, your boys with Bill Kepin, right? No, so, I wouldn't say boys. <laughs> I said I lost out on a job I, <laughs> to I, Bill Kepin. <laughs> Uh, this is just the, the uh, banter that comes with soccer talk. So, so, <laughs> so Kepi, so Kepi came on uh, the end of December, uh, literally about, we, we dropped his podcast on Christmas day. So that would have been about two months ago to the day. Uh, and Kepi came on and one of his big things is this client versus customer that, so if, if um, um, you know, if you, if I'm a, a customer is just getting the standard 
you know, out of the box, like this is what we do. You know, we offer you X nights a week. It's just a, it's a professional coach once and you do this, that, and yada, yada. And then there's the client who, you know, then you're treated like a, uh, you know, like a valued member of the team, you know, like somebody's coming to you and telling you, Hey, I don't have the skills to get my, my kid to the next level. You know, how do I do it? And so then there's this sort of debate as well of like, okay, well, you know, Kurt, you're a father, like if Mateus was trying to, you know, if you didn't have the job you have and Mateus was trying to go play at a certain club, you know, like at what point do you sort of step in and go, Hey, I can help with this and, and not help with this. Um, so, and, and again, it's just the, this client versus customer, what the debate of um, what, what are we, what do we want in 2021? Because I think, you know, like you, you talked about community clubs back in the nineties. Yeah. That's an easy answer. Right. And I think, you know, Matt Carver stated it last week, you know, the more, opportunities and options that you have fits in so you know again to give you kind of a a background on on, on psc is you know i was with heartland soccer club uh before i when i was at the cornell with, with cornell college and i was doing heartland and for my high school team to be competitive i needed my kids to play year-round well prairie is a multi-sport high school community football wrestling the biggest things ever so i had to try to figure out a way they weren't going to crsa and they weren't going to heartland to spend you know, whatever the amount of money was at that point in time, because they just couldn't do it with during their football season wrestling. So I had to come up with a model to get them to play soccer, maybe one practice a week and then play games on the weekend and still do their football, their wrestling, their basketball and that type of stuff. But they also made Prairie competitive in high school soccer because, you know, we're competing against the CRSA kids that play year round. They're going to Washington, to Kennedy, to Xavier and that type of stuff. So we had to do something to be competitive at that, that level. Um, and so that's when we started, you know, PSC and, and it was set up as a, a low, low fees to allow kids to play multi-sports in a season where their parents weren't afraid to spend the money. And then if they went to, let's say Heartland or CSA at that time, they'd maybe make it to maybe one practice out of the three and they just couldn't justify spending all that money to, to do that. So we came up with a fee structure where, Hey, you show up to once, you can play in the, you play league games on the weekend. Maybe you hit a tournament after football season, you know, that type of stuff. And then it's grown from there, but that's the model that we started. And, and, and we've been able to, you know, I, we went the old school model of 12, 14, 16, 18. And then when it went birth year, we we're able to generate through splitting into the birth years as we were, we were growing and stuff like that. Um, and then we've, you know, sometimes we went back to, you know, a 12, 14 model based on how the team organized and that type of stuff. Um, but I felt for us to be competitive at the high school level, we developed the club to meet the economic and commitment needs of our base of players in the, in the area down here. That makes sense. So, um, kind of going continuing on now so the decision has been made by iowa soccer to deny the cdl um if you're the smart like what uh what happens now what would you like that's a like now, a, right yeah well, that's, yeah that's yeah that's a better question yeah what well, yeah what do you want to see what would be the best case scenario for iowa soccer community well i want to go back to to previous podcast and, and, and Matt's conversation. I, I don't think the perception Matt is Carver. I'm sorry. What did I say? Carver. No, you said Carver, right? You meant Carver. Oh, yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, Matt Sahag's going to be on oh, this little, okay. little section too. So Matt Carver is, um, you know, the CDL has the idea of, of where they want to go. Um, I don't think, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, dang it. Um, I can't remember where I was going to go with that. What was the question again? So what would be the best case scenario now for Iowa soccer? What would you hope to see? Um, what do you hope is oh, kind of the outcome? That's what I was going to say. That so I think with the previous podcast, I don't think the perception necessarily is, let's say from a kid in Des Moines, of, oh my gosh, there's four teams or four clubs that are CDL I need to jump ship to play into this league. Um, I don't think that's necessarily the, the, the perception of, of the non CDL clubs 
losing players based on that perception, especially now that the CDL is not an Iowa championship series pathway league. Um, I think more of it is, and you're seeing it because in the last week, you know, we've had announcements that sporting Iowa is now ECN on the, on the women's side. Um, and now on the boys' side, Vision and Sporting Iowa is ECNL there. So even amongst their CDL9, they've separated in, in some capacities, uh, and that's U.S. club soccer route. Uh, so there's a very good chance that, you know, some of their top teams are just going to be gone anyway to pursue that. And that's great. It gives those kids an opportunity um, to get better in an environment and for parents that can support the, the fees and can support the travel, um, you know, that, that's awesome. Um, you know, but I don't know if everybody and every player has those means, uh, to, to pay the fees, to, to do all the traveling, um, and that type of stuff. So, I mean, I, I hope, you know, that there could be some, some mediation area. Um, but with the last two letters from ISA to us and to, to CDL and them, them not sanction their league. I, I just don't see how it's probably going to be workable. I think that, you know, that group has had many conversations uh, and, and have prepared themselves. Um, you know, if IS, Iowa Soccer Association would have accepted them into let their CDL league become a, uh, a sanctioned league into Iowa Championship Series play, they still were going into ECNL and doing a different pathway. So it, it wouldn't have mattered, you know, in, in that capacity because that's going to be their niche and, and you don't want to say recruiting, but it's going to be their niche. They have something that they can offer that other clubs so can't So what does that, and not to, again, just like go off in another direction, but what does that mean for a club like the, the Iowa Rush and or like the other four or five Eastern Iowa clubs? So like if I'm, let's say I'm like the best player at uh, the Pearl City Soccer Club in Muscatine, but I want to play in the CDL because I believe that's well, I'm sorry, I'm playing the CDL, but I want to play in the ECNL because I believe that's like the next best thing. So like, do I have to, I have to go all the way to Des Moines to do it? Or am I, am I going to St. Louis? Right. And that's what obviously it's happened with players in the past. Uh, you know, if they needed more out of what their, their current club, uh, you know, can, can offer, obviously uh, my oldest son, uh, when he was U13 played with Wisconsin rush. Um, and then U14 played with Vision, um, and then U15 and 16 played with Vision, and then his last couple of years played with Sporting Iowa. Uh, it was a situation where we could not offer what he needed at PSC. Um, you know, we couldn't offer him the high-quality games. Uh, it was a pain to, to drive him to Des Moines uh, and to Madison for a training during the week, um, but we made that commitment to do that, and then obviously we had – um, good relationships with the coaching staffs and understanding. And we wouldn't have done it if Mateus couldn't have been in the top 11. We weren't going to commit to driving to be a sub. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't fair. But we also had the luxury of he could stay here and train with our staff for two nights a week and then one day a week go to Madison or one day a week go to Des Moines uh, and that type of stuff. So I think, you know, you have to, to, to find the team that meets your or the club that meets your individual needs and what your family's capable of of supporting and, and doing uh, the I-80 drive is not a fun, fun drive, but neither is the 151 drive to, to Madison. You know, uh, I wish that, you know, we could have had something that was better for him locally. Um, you know, there, you know, but, but there, but there was. So if, if the CDL had existed previously, would you have driven him up to like and play for CRSA or ISC or Muscatine? No, I think there, you know, for me, you know, there, there's an evaluation period for, for my kid, as, as I would tell to any, any kid that asked me for, for advice, you know, I don't think that, you know, politics are always around. It's a little bit different too, with, with me being the director at, at PSC, um, you know, on where we wanted to, to put Mateus, um, you know, it, it politically didn't make sense to put him in the playoff. Yep. He played up. You know, he, he, he actually, he trained with our older teams at PSC and played his age, you know, with the respective clubs that he played with. So he always trained with sure. our, our high school age teams uh, or when he was a freshman, he trained with the high school age team. When he was a, a seventh grader, he trained with our 15s and 16s type of thing, just to get used to the speed of play and the physical sure. aspect of it. But we would never put him, you know, 
in a, in a, on a league team that, cause he wasn't ready for, for that part of it. But the training part of it is I think invaluable, you know, and, and we were able to get that and I can control that environment at PSC. It's, it's, you know, I'm in, I mean, I'm in control there. Uh, but no, we, you know, we had that conversation with them and, and, and at that time it was, is more CRSA. Um, he went to their tryouts, um, you know, but uh, you know, it, it was, it was more of a relationship, you know, for him, it was, it was different. He was in Wisconsin. Uh, the technical director of rush Wisconsin was my college coach and Mateus's godfather. So they, we sent him up there for an evaluation. Um, they evaluated him and said, you know, he would be in the top 11. So we decided to, to make that trip. And if we needed to spend the night, we didn't have to pay a hotel. We just stayed at Ben's house. So it wasn't an added expense there. Um, and then Mateus was actually at Drake camp and ran into Javi Gutierrez and was saying, why are you driving to Madison? Come to vision. We're the state champs in Iowa, you know, and, uh, you know, we decided to, to make that trip to, to Des Moines and that's an easier trip because I'm from Des Moines. So, you know, have a lot of resources and networks there and, and, and stuff. So, um, you know, that was the right thing for Mateus. Now, Gavin, you know, he's going to stay here. He's not going to look because I think, A, the coaching. Well, you know his head coach, Aaron Epstein. Oh, hey, sir. Oh, yeah, of course. Yep. So Aaron's yeah, awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, I coached great. him. He was my first recruit at Cornell. Uh, him and Charlie Ellerbrook. Chuck? Oh. Yep. Oh, yep. Chuck's the man. So Chuck coaches those two guys too, right? My, my first two uh, recruits at Cornell. So I had to go back to my own stomping ground to see if I could pull a, a Valley guy to a, to a high academic education, you know, academic education at, at Cornell. And, and Charlie's dad was alum at Cornell. So that helped. Um, oh, and then yeah, him sure and Ed were really good friends. Uh, yeah. Those guys and, are great. I love those guys. Charlie's up in Minnesota right now. He's coaching, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's super cool. So, He's but yeah, so for, for me, because I can kind of, knowing that our O's, because I have my O's, I coached the O's six until they became high school age. So, you know, the last year I haven't been able to work with them. And then Epps has worked with them and, and, and Epps has been the 06 ODP coach up until, you know, this year, then they did their, their coaching rotation and stuff like that. But I, I wouldn't want Gavin to train with anybody. I mean, Epps does a great job, prepares him. And then that group is very good as well. That group won the president's cup this fall are heading to Ohio this summer for regionals. You know, Gavin's in the ODP circuit. He's been to Michigan for the regional pool stuff. He's been in the showcase games down in Memphis. So we can utilize ODP, in that capacity, you know, he got the same invite that um, Mateus got to Shattuck, but he has no interest to, to, to leave home right now um, and, and everything. So, um, but Gavin did when he was U13, went to West Des Moines tryouts just to prove that he could make the team. And he made the first team, but we're just like, we're not going to drive. We're going to take a year off before we, you know, taste in college and that type of stuff. But, you know, if, this, if the environment was right and needed, as a parent, we would sit down with Gavin and, and, and look at, at everything. Um, but I wouldn't use CDL as my decision-making process that he needs to play in a CDL league. We're going to look for the best coach that's going to make him a better player because ultimately, you know, again, I know you guys talked about the era. I think it was what 95 to 2005 you guys thought was the best, you know, soccer development area, you know, for as much as, as we go on and look now, more kids still end up in the American Rivers Conference playing soccer through all this travel. And, and, I, and Mateus was on one of the top BSA teams. Phenomenal players. I think they won State Cup, I think, every year except for their last year. But all those guys went on and played Division Three. you know, up in the Mayak Conference, you know, the American Rivers Conference. You know, then Mateus was with the, the Sporting Iowa team, you know, and, and Cadis made it to, to Bradley. Um, Felty, I think, left to Colgate, but now he's back at Drake. Um, you know, Mateus and, and Rod were at UMKC and now they're at, at Simpson, but all those guys, you know, still ended up in Iowa and, and Minnesota. So what are we trying to get on the end game? You know, for all the traveling that we're going to, you know, are we really still putting those kids into Creighton, SLU, you know, the, I mean, they still end up going to a, a, a small private school in, in Iowa that aren't getting any money other than based on their academics. Sounds about right. That's, I mean, that's true. That's true. I mean, it's so that's it's interesting, but it's definitely true. Um, 
Well, yeah, I mean, what I, else? Well, we, could, we, could, we could go all sorts of directions and drag <laughs> it all over the place. What, let's, uh, let's see, uh, Kurt, anything else? Final word for you? I mean, what's, um, I don't know, anything else to kind of give input on or what you, any thoughts no. on anything else? I mean, the one thing that obviously, you know, the nine group talks a lot via email, Zoom, you know, as a director. The non, and you say the nine group, you mean a non-CDL group? Yep, to, yep. Okay. And, and like I said, I've got to know coaches and directors that I never knew you know, how to voice was what their organization is about. So it's, it's been good, you know, in, in that aspect of it. Um, but this fall, because of, you know, the ability of being a high school coach, college coach, uh, networking, you know, we get our slotted ISL dates and then we are able to find our two tournaments that we wanted to go to in state because of COVID and, and that type of stuff. Um, and then we we're able to set up, you know, some friendly matches and, and we're already doing that again for the spring. Um, you know, so we're going to survive without playing a CDL team. Um, you know, our, our 06 boys, we talk a lot about them, and I think they're very talented on Eastern Iowa. You know, from an indoor state cup standpoint, I know it's not a big deal but from an indoor state cup, but it's a championship series, and Vision sends teams there, and Sporting Iowa sends teams there. But our 06 team has been in the final every single year from U11 and have won it two of the five years, and they're finalists the other three years. So this group of guys that we have here that we've developed internally can compete um, you know, not maybe on a, a, you know, 10 game series, are we going to win 10 games, you know, but the year that we came out of, of U 13s and made to the semifinals, I mean, we had to play for a tie to advance out of our bracket play against VSA. And we were able to play through a tie. And I think it goes to, you know, a lot of things that our coaching staff talks here, because we have former college coaches and high school coaches on our staff. When you're focusing so much on development, you sometimes don't know how to game manage a game. Uh, and because you've coached college and high school and then you want to get into a tournament play or championship series play, you've got to know how to sub, when to sub, change formations and that type of stuff. And, and you just see certain kids only play one formation for seven years, you know, and they're in one spot. And I'll get kids at the high school level that don't come from PSC and, you know, they only know how to play one position in one formation. They don't know how to get themselves on the field at a different position because they've only, you know, they're not diverse enough. And if, and you guys you know. You like play, promotion rele relegation. You like that idea. I think, you know, if it's done right, because they used to put us all in a room and it took us forever in these meetings and we had to seed all the teams to get them into Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three, Division Four, Division Five. And they put a cap on, you know, you couldn't play up two age groups necessarily at the, you know, U13, U14. You see it at through U14, you know, 13 and 14. But everybody was the same at U13. And then you gradually, if the teams are 75 to 80% consistent every year, you get a good idea of what their caliber of, of players are. But there's no reason why you can't have a, a good U17 team playing against U19. Because that's really, you know, sophomore juniors versus junior seniors in, in a high school format you know, right. birth year a little bit different. And again, if you're good, you're going to play against older kids in high school, because if you think you're a stud freshman, you better learn how to, as a U15 player, play against a U18 player in high school. And if you want to be a contributor in college, you're going to be playing against men as an 18 year old, you know, type of thing. So I think, you know, that's always the, 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 the myth and problem I have at, at the high school is, you know, Hey, I start for my club team. Um, you know, I should start for our high school team. Well, our high school team is really like a U18, U19 team. Have you experienced playing against U17s, 18s, and 19s in your club scene? Or have you only played U15 your whole season? Well, there's a big difference between a 15-year-old body and an 18-year-old body, you know, and, and that type of stuff. So I think from a development standpoint of the league, again, it would take some communication and everybody getting along and willing to, to sit in a lengthy meeting and then be honest about your team. That's the other thing is I don't think everybody's honest about their teams. My team's the best. My team's the best. My team's the best. I can look at these scores. I can tell you who shouldn't be in the CDL right now with the, the results, you know, and is it a, is it a team standard that you get dismissed from CDL? Is it a club standard you get dismissed from CDL because right. you're not competitive? So why wouldn't pro rel just make that so simple, right? Like, Hey, like we're the best team. We go up right. the worst team. We go down. And the team that's in the you want to whatever you want to label it premier championship whatever, you know now you're meeting your qualifications for 
being an Iowa championship series eligible, uh, you know, but for some reason, those guys only want to play each other, you know, uh, and they don't want to play outside. And I don't know if it's, I don't think it's fear, but it doesn't look good if you lose to a non CDL team. I'd rather lose to a, a weaker CDL team than lose to a non CDL team when it's well, bottom line. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if you don't emphasize results at all, right? But that's the funny thing. You know, they talk about they want more competitive, meaningful games, but then they'll enter like two teams in because they don't have enough for two teams, but they don't want to cut six kids because that's money. You know, you need those other six kids to form that half a team so you can keep that revenue stream to, to pay facilities and, and coaches and, and that type of stuff. Uh, and then you've got kids potentially playing two or three games a day because they're flip-flopping between these two teams and, you know, it becomes a scheduling nightmare because this team can has to play at the same facility as this team because they have the same coach. So I understand the nightmare from ISA standpoint. Um, I also understand, you know, the CDL's point of view is, hey, we're trying to pay full-time coaches and uh, pay them full-time wages. They need to coach four or five teams. And to have four or five teams, we can't have five teams in five different locations. I mean, I understand that too. It's just not realistic, you know, um, it, it, not under the current model. It's just not not realistic. And then, you know, some, some clubs just don't like to travel. They don't like to travel from central Iowa to Eastern Iowa and Eastern Iowa clubs don't like to transfer travel to Des Moines. And we've got to be willing to, to go in the car, especially at, you know, U15 above to be able to drive to Des Moines and play a game or vice versa, drive to Des Moines to come to Iowa city, Cedar Rapids, you know, and that type of stuff. But it just, you know, no one seems to want to budge. I can't tell you the numerous times that we've gotten our preliminary schedule and we've seen the schedule and then we get three or four days as DOCs to make edits and corrections to send it back to state that the common comment is we're not driving to Tuma. We're not driving to Eastern Iowa. We're not driving to Hidden Valley. Well, if you want games and you want to have the matchups, you need to be able to, to figure out a way to, to, to play, you know, and, and everything. And, and I think that's hypocritical in a way now because you can't drive from Des Moines to Cedar Rapids or Des Moines to, to Iowa City, but now we're going to drive to St. Louis, Wichita, Kansas City for regional league games, and then you're going to go to national league tournaments, Vegas, was it maybe North Carolina, Florida, but that's okay, but we can't get in a car and drive 90 minutes, you know, between the Eastern and the, and the Central, you know, Central teams. You know, we drove to Muscatine and, and the Quad Cities from enjoying our games in the fall, uh, we hosted a, a couple of games in the Tuma, you know, Prairie aspect of it. But, you know, we're just looking for, for games and, and for matchups. And, and uh, like I said, we we're going to have a full schedule this fall without playing a CDL team um, for all of our age groups. Um, so the whole myth that, you know, we can't make schedules if they're not involved, uh, we did it. And actually, in the Eastern part, we've been doing it for a while because uh, Cedar Valley, FC United, ISC and CRSA have their own little Eastern Iowa youth league anyway that they they run uh, and don't don't do anything with ISL. So this was really no surprise when they first said that CDL was going to be was it 13 above and then all of a sudden it went to 11s and 12s and on the Eastern part it went to 11s and 12s and academy and like I said none of our PSC teams are in any league with any of the CDL groups because we're just not a invited and we're not interested in in their format. Well, I think uh, to wrap it up, what I will say is it all comes back to the left back comment. I mean, we had to play, yeah, we had to play left back to uh, to fit in the teams, and um, it just it, like I that was, uh, was pretty. I, I I noticed that is when you said I was like, you know what, like it's so true that kids need to learn how to play different spots, and guess what, playing left back that got us into the team, didn't it, Ben? Like. That's the reality. The only thing so. that ever got me in the team, gets me in the team <laughs> all the time. I was actually telling a story to somebody recently where I was uh, hopped in a high school training session, and the only place that no one wanted to play was left back. So I was like, I'll do it. Didn't go well. And like I said, from I mean, a high school crazy. standpoint, you know, we're adamant of having a left footed player on the left side. So, you know, ah. we are we're always no. looking to see no. early on For who's right left footed. Player. And we can try to target them. Like you're probably going to be a left back, <laughs> uh, smart right-footed player, low but 
curls the ball all the time out of bounds with his right foot. <laughs> no, 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 even better. Bends it perfectly into the run of the wide midfielder. There you go. <laughs> Hopeful thinking. Cool. Depends on who you are. Well, Kurt, back. Uh, yeah. well I guess I, I hopefully, um, I don't know, I, I thought that was insightful. Um, again, you have a pretty uh, interesting perspective and um, just kind of your background and then also your current roles. So um, hopefully the listeners did as well. And uh, unless Ben, you got anything else, I appreciate it. All good. Well, thanks for inviting me. I appreciate it. Um, I'll always remember my first podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Special place in the heart. Thanks, Kurt. <laughs> thanks. Thank you. Have a great night. All right. Seems fun to chat. That was good. Um, I enjoyed it. And, you know, we've known Kurt now for a few years, but it's always beneficial to kind of, or interesting to hear more, uh, more perspective on everybody's opinions, views, and kind of where they come from. Yeah. Fellow Valley Tiger. I like it. Um, well, so uh, hopefully you, uh, you've enjoyed the, the third installment of our, our youth soccer discussion. Um, if you, if you've waited this long, we'll tease that our, our next, uh, the next installment is going to um, include one of our top 10 all-time uh, downloaded guests. Uh, Second-time guest, one of our first, no, second, second-time guest, right? Yeah, we've had a... Holmes one, came on twice. Holmes yeah. has been on twice, Sag, obviously. A Titan tactician, but different hat. Yeah, that's correct. So then, uh, but so yeah, we're going to get uh, Mr. Cataldi back on to, uh, from ISA to chat with us. So um, yeah, if you've uh, made this far, make sure you tune in next week. Uh, what else seems i don't know i suppose just um we're on youtube people are watching our, our um the videos and the podcasts on youtube so like us subscribe give us a rating um that helps with all our sponsors yeah and uh come hang out uh for the mini pitch on saturday and sunday this weekend march six and seven uh, check out some of the uh the young men and that are going to be participating in their high school seasons coming up soon <laughs>